0: Love, talk,
1: radio. This is Creativity and Play. I'm Steve Dahlberg.
0: And I'm Ariella
1: You can find us online at creativityandplay.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Creativity Play. And download archived editions on iTunes. Our guest today on Creativity and Play is writer and photographer Nora Atkinson. Nora also is the curator of the Making Men's exhibition at the Bellevue Arts Museum in Washington State. Making Men's brings together the works of nationally and internationally known artists who explore the healing power of art. The artists in the show investigate how one copes and what it is that drives the human spirit forward. Themes from suffering to creating are explored. Nora Atkinson, welcome to Creativity and Play. Hi, thank you. Welcome. Thanks. Well, before we get into some of the great pieces um, in the show, tell us a little bit about what the show itself is about, sort of picking up on these themes we mentioned in the introduction.
2: Uh, Well... In fact, uh, a couple of years ago when I started to think about what I was going to do for this show, um, we were just throwing around some ideas about um, 2012 scheduling and uh, I'm one of two curators over at Bellevue Arts Museum. um, And the, uh, the Mayan calendar came up in jest that the end of the world was going to happen and I started to think, quite a bit about all the things that were going on in the world that were um, just horrible events. We have this recession going on. Um, There's been the earthquake in Japan, which I guess at that time hadn't happened, but Hurricane Katrina and all these terrible things going on. And so at that time, I started to think about doing a show based a little bit on just the catastrophe in the world and the artists that were dealing with that. And um, something that really struck me as I was looking into a lot of those artists was that uh, quite a few of them were really looking for a way to cope with that kind of catastrophe. And the fact that they were making things with their hands, and particularly most of them are um, more craft or material-oriented artists, uh, was actually giving them a way to respond to that and heal themselves or heal the world through that. Um, So... I started to look at some of those artists, and in particular, I had gone to uh, Art Miami Basel, uh, big art show down in Florida, and uh, it's a it's a very huge commercial art show. And they debuted the Vic Nunes movie Wasteland at that conference, which was a, a documentary, a fabulous documentary about Vic Nunes going down to. Uh, the dumps in Brazil where he was working with some of the people there, the catadoras um, who are the, the garbage pickers in that region or in the dumps there and um, make artwork with them. And in doing so, he was lifting them up to become artists themselves and empower them. And he was also um, donating the profits of that back to the people that he was working with. And so that really struck me as being something that was incredibly important in the art world, and especially when it was uh, juxtaposed with this very commercial realm. And so uh, the idea of making men's came out of that. It came out of the idea that in all of the tragedy and all of the things that we see around us, um, really artwork can make a difference in the world, and and it has a, a certain place that it ought to be filling in that respect.
0: Since um, we've, I've been putting out posts about our interview with you today, Nora, there's been a lot of people who have been, <clears throat>
1: excuse
0: me, corresponding and um, sharing their different <clears throat> ways to create around their own healing or helping others to heal, uh-huh. which I think is great and will be, I'm sure, keep coming. And I wonder if in your life, um, in addition to what you said the the um the documentary and the whole project mm-hmm. that you just described, if in your own creation you find yourself uh writing or led to photography or whatever the creation is in your own healing or in helping to heal others. Is that um, something I think
2: different. That- that- Yeah, I think absolutely. I think that um, there's a every most people who do artwork I think come in some way from that place of healing. I think that there's a um, definite connection even from when you're a small child and you see it in everything from the AIDS quilt to um, children's art therapy and that, that kind of thing and there's a certain sort of authenticity to wanting to share your internal experiences with others and I think that most artwork or a lot of artwork begins from that place and then artists grow and they their artwork becomes very commercially viable in some senses but um at least for me I definitely think that that's true that there's a an emotional connection to um to artwork and the work that I not only do but um ex- uh, show in my shows and that's the reason that I do what I do so um Yeah, I I think it is a very personal show in that respect.
0: What kind of responses have you received from the people who have come to the show at Delvey Arts Museum making them? Um...
2: We've received a really positive response from people. It's been uh, interesting to see that some people are very emotionally struck by the show. And in fact, um, I'm I'm very emotionally struck by the show. From time to time when I'm giving a tour through the show, something just hits me and it actually uh, gets me all choked up. But um, there's a couple of levels to the show because when you look at some of the works, they are visually stunning. and um, And there's definitely a certain artistic language that you see throughout the show with um, a very meditative quality to a lot of the work. And so some people, without reading the text panels, without knowing what some of the work is about, they're still very struck by um, both the aesthetics of the show and just by the work itself, whereas uh, there is this deeper level to pretty much all of the pieces, there's a, a story behind them that's really quite beautiful, and that's something that strikes other people. So, it's been a very positive response so far on on both accounts.
1: Two of the pieces that have struck me online, I haven't seen it in person, um, mm-hmm. are the the repaired leaf and the the um, labyrinth made from salt. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about those particular pieces in the show.
2: Sure. Um, the Repaired Leaf is a photograph done by a local artist, Jennifer Zwick, um, who's a really wonderful young artist. She has a degree in photography, actually, and so, um, but she does do quite a bit of constructed photography, and uh, she did that piece while her mother was suffering from cancer and she was going through chemotherapy. And so uh, the piece is all about that process of reparation that's going on. It's, it's from a series called The Reparation Series. And so it was sort of dealing with the idea that um, in trying to repair the body, just like trying to repair the leaf, you are stitching it up and trying to put it back together, but it's actually also tearing the body apart. And it's really a beautiful uh, eloquent message. I think it's um, this idea of stitching something back together, which just goes back to that same kind of uh, fiber tradition of trying to repair and mend a garment, and um, using that to try to mend the body. And it's it's a very striking, powerful image. Uh, and then the Motoyama Moto piece, which I've been just wanting to show Motoyamamoto Moto for years, and I haven't this opportunity which is amazing. Um, Motoi does huge uh, labyrinth installations made from salt and uh he is Japanese, he's from Hiroshima, and uh salt in Japan has a particular symbolic uh tradition with death rites and with purification. And uh when his sister was about twenty-six she was struck and died from uh from brain cancer and matoy was uh grief stricken and he began to do this work as a way to deal with the tragedy of his sister's death and so if you look at the piece it's uh the, the patterns are a little bit brain like even in their in their form and he calls them labyrinths yep. uh he talks about the way that they uh, allow him in in creating the work which takes six days, and uh, for this piece, it took six days and ten hours a day working, and it just entirely engulfs him, and he talks about the work being able to um, sort of transport him and give him the opportunity he hopes to meet that person at the end of the maze. Um, So it it is a way of him dealing with the, the grief that he was surrounded by in that, and and find a way to cope with that and just sort of find a meditative place where um where the beauty of that thing takes over.
1: And we should say that there's a video on your on the museum website, um BellevueArts.org, that I believe is a time lapse um video of the installation of the of that particular uh, piece yes. labyrinth.
2: Yes, and he did half of that installation as a performance at the museum so people had the opportunity to watch him do it. It's fantastic.
0: When I was taking uh, in the show, and I was able to meet Montoya, I, uh, he mentioned, um, and it's very profound actually, that his he said that his sister is coming to him in dreams to support his creation in the mm-hmm. in the sense of the labyrinth. So I just thought that was beautiful. And, um, also, I know that the labyrinthine goes back into the sea into the waters, in this case, Puget Sound, so yeah, um, I think that's also a beautiful bit of his work um and then I was also struck with uh Paul Zelensky's work, which I right. like you to talk about. he uh upcycles in Queens and takes in all the materials from where he lives um and creates from that point, and he has taken things like rec- his record collection and other records to create birds and butterflies in these he in the case of the one at the show, it's quite a large um piece of these very small butterflies on the wall
2: mhm, yes, um what can you in, tell in about fact. That? Uh, in the show, it's actually birds on the wall for this particular oh, birds, piece. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. <laughs> Many of his pieces use butterflies. though. so yes, he has uh, two bodies of work in the show, and one is um, a couple of his glove pieces, and then the other is this beautiful large installation called Diaspora, which is the records with the birds, and uh, the records have a a little bit of background with Hurricane Katrina. In fact. Paul uh, created, after after Hurricane Katrina hit and he wanted to respond to that tragedy, he created a FEMA trailer that he transformed into a wind-powered and solar-powered uh, trailer so that it was entirely off the grid and could go anywhere. And he what he called it is the Emergency Response artist's emergency response studio so uh the studio was able to go down to the region where a tragedy had occurred and uh and an artist would be able to embed himself within that area and respond to the tragedy directly so on that level he's actually allowing other artists to be able to respond to tragedies directly which i think is a a beautiful thing Um, so he went down to her, to the area, to New Orleans, and while he was down there, he found records, uh, strewn around in some of the wreckage, and he created a, an earlier piece called My Back Pages, which, uh, in fact did have butterflies involved, and they were butterflies that were transforming out of these records. And, uh, and that piece he showed, I think, at Museum of Arts and Design and also in, uh, in New Orleans. And then this piece, Diaspora, is kind of based on that same idea and comes out of that same uh, that same motive, I guess. And so he used his own records from his collection, records that were particularly important to him. And he mentioned that there was a Joan Baez record among them that had uh, made him a conscientious objector back in the day and that kind of um, personal emotion, emotional connection. And uh, the records... Uh, Turn into birds as they come up the wall and they scatter out into the world, and it's a a very beautiful display. It's probably about 20 feet tall and about 15 or 20 feet wide, um, as they spread out like music coming out of a record player. And it's sort of this deep fire right in the center, and then they disperse out into the world. It's a it's a very beautiful, hopeful piece, and it was exactly the way that I wanted to really really begin the show by uh, by showing that kind of beauty and hopefulness, which Paul's work is really all about, the sort of um, transformation and rebirth. And then uh, Paul's other pieces, the two glove pieces, deal with the idea, uh, as you mentioned, he lives in Queens and he uh, finds finds things on the street that he uses in all of his work. And he began to find work gloves all around. And um, the work gloves almost symbolized for him the people that had worn them. They have hours and hours of labor within them. Um, and they're torn and they're they're dirty, but they also represent all of these different parts of life and all of these different people who might have worn them. So uh, one of his pieces, Pilot, is a small child's chair, and it's being held up by wings made of these gloves. And the other piece, Comforter, was a piece that was particularly uh, personal for Paul. He was going through a very hard time, um, and he began to use the gloves to um, just to keep his mind off of things. He was beginning to stitch the gloves together, and what he created was a Comforter um, made all entirely out of white work gloves. They're all dirty, they're all beat up, but they all come together in this beautiful pattern, and, uh, and he talks about the, the comforter as being something that not only supported him during that hard time, him stitching them together to keep his mind on things, but also the fact that this entire community of people by means of a hand are supporting him and holding him up while he's doing it. And so he talks about the comfort of also being able to put that blanket around himself and the warmth that's created by all of those people. It's
1: a really beautiful metaphor. A lot of the themes that you've just been sharing from these specific examples from the show, you know, sort of are around the, the overall theme in the in the healing through art and healing through creativity and picking up on the themes of engagement and hope and mm-hmm. suffering and doing and creating and sadness and transcendence. And they all make me think about, as, as you were saying earlier, you know, any of the trage- tragedies in this country from nine eleven to Katrina and many others around the world, and many other smaller ones that we never hear about. And in my own work in creativity, um, I- often thinking about the connection between creativity and resilience, and you know, why do some people come through these terrible life events thriving? and flourishing, and others do not, and, you know, sort of asking the question, what role can creativity in its many forms play in perhaps bringing more people along the positive side of of um, tra- tragedy and not sort of getting lost in the negative part forever,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and wondering if you've seen examples through these particular artists or even the reactions of the people that have been coming to the show sort of around this resilience and Flourishing or not? Question. Uh,
2: sorry, I missed the last part of that. What was the
1: question? Uh, I'm just wondering if you if you sort of picked up on that either through the specific um, artist stories and/or mm-hmm. the people that have been coming and, and their stories and reactions to what they're seeing, and perhaps talking about from their own their own uh, examples around the resilience and, and flourishing um, through and through creativity and art.
2: Yeah I I mean I absolutely have seen that with with the artists and the people coming through I think there's um in a way it's Sometimes people feel very um, helpless in the kinds of situations that keep going on, Hurricane Katrina and 9-11 and all those things where it's very hard to find your place in what you're going to do about it. And um, art offers a a way of feeling like you can do something about it. Like there's also this um, movement towards DIY and things like that, which I've rising during the recession, this idea that I can create something myself and I can do something about this. And um, I think sharing that kind of communication as well is is vital in that kind of a situation. So a lot of the artists within the show are doing things that are sort of um, sometimes memorial, but often activist as well, When you look at the work of someone like Aaron Toole, who um, Aaron has been creating cups since 2001, these ceramic cups. He was a a veteran of the war, of the Gulf War, and it profoundly affected him. And so he came back and went to art school and began to create these ceramic cups that surround themes of, of war and the kind of atrocities that he saw there. And he's given them away since then, more than 11,000 cups he's given away uh, that he's created. He's never sold one. It's only uh, it's only about him giving them to people to keep them uh, knowing that the wars are going on, knowing that we're all a party to that happening, and giving people a personal relationship by handing someone a cup, which is a domestic object, something that you hold on to, something that you touch and you drink from, um it's it's a way of keeping those things in mind, and he's given them to um senators and and international diplomats and also to soldiers families and to various people so there's certainly this aspect of being able to go out into the world and and make a hopeful change and um really keep keep people keep this line of communication open
0: in my career. Creativity and work, uh, Nora, I encourage people to move into their small and their large losses. And I noticed um, one of the artists was creating wounds or has created wounds that were very, for me, very visceral
1: yes. um,
0: and real. And um, I wondered about response to that, those particular pieces and what you'd have to say about that artist
2: well those pieces are by a local artist Catherine Grise and Catherine's pieces um, often in the past have dealt with um, her own autobiographical world and Catherine felt that she wanted to sort of branch out from that place and start to deal with um, more global ideas and less personal and more about uh, the the idea of the wound as a place for growth and as a place of beauty in its own right. So uh, Catherine's work is all about in a way, it's about glorifying the wound because of the growth that occurs from that, and not looking at it so much as a negative, but looking at um the beauty of that and the pieces are displayed in small latrines they're almost as though they're relics from saints with their um with the wound. Uh, Displayed inside, and the wound is created out of. Uh, Catherine is a jewelry artist. It's created out of some semi-precious stones and stones and uh, and gold and silver. So uh, they're really beautiful representations. And then they are, um, in addition to the actual object, shown as photographs with the person who had a particular. Uh, connection to that wound or that object um, wearing the piece. So it's a way for these people to uh, display that wound in um, almost in a proud way and to maybe take away the shame of those those wounds. And I think that's in itself a beautiful idea. We all grow from the wounds that we have. We're all individual people because of the wounds that have happened to us and it isn't necessarily something to be ashamed of Um, so in its own way that was a a form of healing
0: and I think uh, the show also speaks to community woundedness that when I was there I also felt a deep sense of community the people who were there we were all sharing this experience and um, that too was very visceral for me
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So the individual woundedness and then community
1: woundedness. Definitely. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that definitely. sort of also picks up on what you guys talk about in the show in terms of I think this connection between the individual artist creating and then how does the larger community engage in that work, whether or not it was created for that purpose and, and sort of trying to get at both of those parts of of healing on the individual artist level as well as the work they do helping others heal uh, in the community?
2: Um, well, yeah, the the work within the show really does range from um, very personal and private issues to very global issues. And I think um, depending upon the artist that you're looking at, I, I think that it addresses all of those personal wounds as well as the environment. It addresses... Um, National tragedies—it it addresses all of those things.
1: And I, I, you know, sort of picking up on the on the, the healing part of this, you know, the the role of hope uh, in in many of these works, and and the overall theme of the show. Um, again, to me, is is one of the big connections I think to the whole topic of creativity in general. sort of like what makes it work, you know, the sort of the underlying belief that. And a hope that something could be different is partly why creativity matters and and has an effect on us and, and others. And so, can you sort of uh, in our closing few minutes here, pick up on this theme between between the connection between um, hope and and creativity.
2: Um. Let's see. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of uh, a, a good example of. Of uh, the kind of work that you're talking about, but um, one that I that comes to mind is the Combat Paper Project, and uh, the idea of the transformation of that, because the the show is really quite a bit about transformation, and and I think that that really picks up on the idea of hope and creativity, um, and the Combat Paper Project was a project that was put together by an artist and, and an ex-soldier, uh, Drew Mattot and Drew Cameron. And uh, they came together to begin making paper from the uniforms of soldiers that had been overseas. And so uh, they have been teaching for a number of years, since 2007, um, uh, workshops all across the country where they bring soldiers in and they make paper pulp out of their uniforms, and then they they transform that into artworks that uh, mm. that reflect the kind of um, their experiences and allow them to talk about it. So um, I think that's the perfect metaphor for the kind of hope and creativity that you're referring to, which is um, uh, to transform the the negative experiences that you've had and to make them into something new and something beautiful and in that to be able to bring that sense of community together by, uh, by allowing people to get their internal struggles out into the world so that other people know that they're not alone and uh and that's the kind of hope hopeful sense that i hope that the show conveys it's a um a lot of very personal struggles that i think most people can relate to very very personally um and maybe not every piece but they will find something that they relate to in it and they'll find something beautiful in that and i think uh, the sense of community that that creates is what the show is all about
0: And I think the show also speaks to transience and impermanence. And so in that vein, I wonder when the show does come down, I wonder what you have imagined as a follow-up to the show.
2: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I actually do have a few ideas of follow-ups to the show, and I don't know I don't know which ones will come to fruition, but uh, there are quite a lot of different cultures and different areas where the same idea obviously takes place. I think it's a very natural human urge. So um, I've been very fascinated by the Japanese art of kintsugi, which is... Um, Uh, the art in ceramics of filling in the seams with gold after something has been broken. So you have renewed it and made it into something even more beautiful. And uh, there are a number of cultures that have um, particular traditions that uh, incorporate uh, the wounds of the society or the, or the sad stories that have happened and create beautiful crafts from them. So I'm, I'm definitely considering a follow-up show to this that would be something a little bit more traditional. This show was all about contemporary artists dealing with these things, but I think that it's a very time-honored tradition, and I I definitely would like to explore further into this idea with some more traditional um, formats.
1: Yes, and I thank you very much for joining us on Creativity and Play and telling us about the show. Thank you. Nora Atkinson is curator of the Making Men's Exhibition at the Bellevue Arts Museum in Washington State. The exhibition runs through May 27, 2012. Our theme music is kindergarten, composed and performed by Jonathan Batiste. You can listen to this show and previous shows again and find more information about our guests and coming shows at creativityandplay.com. And find Creativity and Play on Twitter, Facebook, and iTunes as well. Creativity and Play is a production of the International Center for Creativity and Imagination in partnership with the National Creativity Network. I'm Steve Gilbert.
0: And I'm Mary Alice Long. Thank you so much, Nora, for joining us. Thank you.